Welcome to the Limitless Healing Podcast, where everyone is welcome to take a front row seat and listen in on inspiring conversations, stories of healing, and action steps to help you live your best life. My name is Colette Brown, and I am passionate about all things wellness, mind, body, soul, inspired by my own personal transformation from unwell and not knowing where to turn to thriving and flourishing and motivated to help you do the same. I share this platform with medical doctors, wellness practitioners, chronic illness survivors, meditation and mindfulness gurus, innovators of products from food to technology and more. Think of it as a one-stop shop for wellness resources where you can listen to professionals from around the world to help you thrive. Join me Mondays and Wednesdays while sipping a cup of tea or making your favorite meal as we explore the world of wellness together. This is the Limitless Healing Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a very interesting food topic, which is soy. Is it good or is it bad? There is so much controversy over this. I thought I would just do a little deeper dive and share with you some information so that you can have a more informed opinion. So throughout history, soy has been an integral part of some cultures, nourishing, sustaining all those who consume it. And in Asian cultures, fermented soy was eaten in very small amounts in the form of miso, tempeh, soy sauce, and it was usually combined with fish broth, which provided essential minerals that were lost in the fermentation process. If we look at the United States and see when did it actually come here? It was in the late 1700s. It came in cargo ships and it wasn't until the 1960s that soy began to emerge as more of a mainstream food and a source and additive that we use today. So why do we hear conflicting information? The consumption of soy is no longer isolated to the slow traditional fermentation process. Now it needs to be made for the masses. The long fermentation and precipitation process helped rid phytic acid from soy. And by the way, phytic acid prohibits the absorption of zinc, iron, calcium, and consumption of phytic acid can lead to symptoms of depression and anxiety. But what we really need to understand is what it does not remove, which is phytoestrogens, which I will get to in just a moment, but wanted to show you, um, an interesting fact from the center for food safety in 2020, 94% of all soybeans in the United States are genetically modified. So what are GMOs? They are seeds that have been modified to withstand something called glyphosate. And they're also known as roundup ready crops. You may not have heard the word glyphosate, but you may have heard it by its street name, which is agent orange, which was used in the Vietnam war to destroy trees, crops, thick vegetation and glyphosate or agent orange wreaks havoc on our gut. 
And not only are the soy crops toxic from pesticides today, traditional ways of removing naturally occurring toxins in the soy through the long fermentation processes have all changed as well. And ancient nutrition and wisdom of the preparation of foods, as well as understanding what food groups to combine has morphed into confusion conglomerates with massive marketing budgets, blurred messages of nutritional benefits and showcasing values specifically of soy prepared traditionally, but not sharing the toxic outcomes from soy from quick production for the masses. It's just an unequal showcasing of information of the benefits to our bodies. So back to phytoestrogens, which are not removed in the fermentation process because of its similar chemical structure, phytoestrogens can bind with the same receptors that our own naturally occurring estrogen attaches to. So why is this bad? This can lead to an imbalance within our body's hormonal system. And therefore phytoestrogens are classified as endocrine disruptors. Other endocrine disruptors that you may have heard of are BPA and plastics, nonstick cookware, parabens and beauty products, and more. So when we have too much estrogen, this can lead to heavy periods, weight gain, fatigue, fibroids, and females. So what has changed in the evolution of soy? So to understand more, let's look at the most touted benefit of the estrogen-like compound isoflavins. Isoflavins are a plant's estrogen, and they act as a plant's natural pesticide, which causes insects who, to partake to become sterile. So research has shown that as little as 38 milligrams per day, which is less than a cup of soy milk can result in hypothyroidism, which is identified by symptoms of lethargy, constipation, weight gain, fatigue, isoflavins may also prevent ovulation and simulate growth of cancer cells. The next thing in soy is soy protein isolates. This is a protein rich powder. You find it in protein drinks and shakes um, everywhere. It's extracted from the industrial waste products of soy oil in manufacturing. So big companies saw this waste or this sludge as a new avenue of profit. And so they dumped billions of dollars in over 30 years of research to develop soy protein isolate and how they did it through high temperatures and pressure. And this removed a key nutrient, which is lysine. And an interesting fact is animals that are fed soy are supplemented with lysine and rats that are fed soy showed a deficiency in B12 and zinc due to the anti-nutrients. The FDA never granted gross. This stands for generally recognized as safe status for soy protein isolate only was it granted as a binder in cardboard. The reason that the FDA didn't grant gross to soy protein isolate is due to a byproduct from the processing called lisnolanin. And according to a study cited by science.org, lisnolanin is an unusual amino acid that is implicated as a renal toxic factor in rats when they fed this to them. Soy protein isolate is the base ingredient in soy-based baby formula. 
the FDA still allows soy protein isolate health claims in food that contain 6.2 grams per serving or less. A Swiss report showed that women who consumed two cups of soy milk or one cup of cooked edamame provided the estrogenic equivalent of one contraceptive pill. So if a 13 pound baby consumes soy baby formula, at 10 milligrams per serving, a daily allotment translates into the equivalent of four contraceptive pills. Other anti-nutrients created in the process are nitrates, aluminum, and oh yes, they use hexane, which is in the process of converting soy to oil. Hexane with short-term exposure causes dizziness, nausea, headaches, long-term exposure creates nerve damage and more. Other implications or concerns of consuming soy is that the balance of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids are out of balance. And one of the side effects is weight gain and inflammation. In a peer-reviewed scientific journal, Nutrients in 2016, Americans on average consume omega-6 to omega-3 20 to 1 when this should be a two to one ratio. And think of omega-6 as a pro-inflammatory where our bodies need a little inflammation and omega-3 as an anti-inflammatory. So when this is off 20 to one, do the math. And you can see how this can be very disruptive to the body. So the question is, is all soy consumption bad? I'd like to just say, be aware of what you consume. When you're eating soy, make sure that it's organic, well-sourced, non-GMO. Start looking at labels and you'll find that soy is in everything like sugar. It's easy to overconsume and not even know it. I personally try to avoid soy as I have adverse reactions to it. And you might not be as sensitive, but I would like to challenge you to observe how you feel after consuming soy. Do you notice anything different the way you feel or your moods? Really tune in, dive in, learn more. Don't just take my word, but do your own research and find out what it is that makes you thrive and what you should be aware of that might not be bothering you today, but tomorrow it could have severe implications. So while learning is important and digging into facts and studies, um, it's important to not just look at food, but total well-being, mind, body, soul. I am here to provide you tidbits of well-being. You can follow me on Instagram at Wellness by Colette. You can sign up for my newsletters. You can check me out on my website at wellnessbycolette.com. I am passionate about bringing to you the latest research and studies and also ancient wisdom to your day-to-day life. I want to thank you for listening today. Even if you grab the smallest nugget from today, it would mean the world if you would share this podcast with your friends and families and take it to heart, really look inside and see what it's going to be to live healthier, longer, more fulfilled. What does it mean to your future? So until next time, thank you and be well. You just finished another episode of Limitless Healing, where we dive into all things wellness. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your friends and family. Together, we can plant seeds of hope that leads to transformation in our lives and the lives of those we love. Let's get healthy together.